Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now, Chief Economist with the Farmers Business Network, Kevin McNew. Kevin, great to catch up with you again, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Jesse? I am fantastic. I appreciate the time today, Kevin. Let's jump right in. A couple new reports out from FBN. Let's talk the uh, 2022 corn and soybean yield report. I know you guys released your uh, yield report here just before the August WASD from USDA. I want to talk about your guys' report, though. What did we find uh, for corn yield and soybean yield here nationwide? What are you guys seeing after after your report? Yeah, I mean, our, our numbers certainly differ from what USDA threw down on Friday. Um, you know, and I will caution listeners that USDA's data, well, you know, they're doing the best they can. It's, uh, it's not always a really good accurate estimate of final yields. In fact, uh, there's a lot of analysts, including ourselves, that have a better track record in recent years at hitting the final numbers uh, when you compare it to what USDA throws down in August. So, yeah, I think the trade got a little spooked uh, this morning. We're seeing the results of that. that you know, they didn't get a yield reduction on corn. Uh, we certainly think there's room to go to the downside on corn. We think there's some risk uh, in the Western Corn Belt, where there's been quite a bit of heat, especially. And so we use a lot of satellite imagery. And, uh, you know, the other thing we do is is really kind of zone in on, on acres that are really corn acres. Uh, we do that in-season forecasting of, uh, you know, pixels on the ground, if you will, uh, that are truly corn acres. And so uh, we get pretty granular in our forecast. So, you know, we're still on the low side. Uh, we think there's risk to go closer to 170 than 175 today. But, uh, you know, we'll see what time says. Well, and I know as well, some of the findings you mentioned that dry Western Corn Belt, I know your report yields at Iowa, Nebraska, expected to be significantly below some of the strong yields we saw in 2021. Of course, you think Iowa I mean, Iowa holds up a lot of our uh, our national average for corn yields typically in a, in a normal year, Kevin. Yeah, that's that's actually that that's really true. I mean, Iowa clearly the the stalwart of corn production, uh, but even into Minnesota, you know, Nebraska as well. So you know, the three of the four key states I think are are um, let's call them question marks for the time being, and certainly corn conditions. If you look at Iowa corn conditions this year, they look pretty good, but I will. Again, kind of, uh, you know, when we look at the data, corn conditions this time of year are not very good indicators of final yield. So they can look good in the, in you know, as a you kind of drive by, and so we're getting good corn conditions. But you know, extreme heat I think could could potentially lead to some fill problems as we get closer to harvest. So you're right, our Iowa yields a, a little bit lower. Uh, Minnesota was another state where we're quite a bit lower than USDA, and again, I attribute that to some of the extreme heat uh, and dryness, especially in the western part of Iowa. Well, and I know as well uh, in the northern plains, we saw late planting up there, but things looking fairly good across the northern plains. So that may be an area where we could see. Uh, some yields uh, increase for quarter beans. It sounded like from your report, Kevin. But you know, we take we take a stock overall of everything. If we do see these declining yields, uh, that's going to tighten up the balance sheet. And I wonder what that would do for markets uh, moving forward. I think again, there's a there's just a few question marks out there right now. Yeah, I mean, in in normal years, Jesse, I think we worry a lot about the minutia of uh, U.S. corn yield and and kind of you know. Um, you know, we get really, really hyper-focused as a trade. What I want farmers to take away is, 
Uh, this is a much different environment. We are in an inflationary environment. I know the inflation trade has kind of eased off in the last three to four months, but I don't think that story's over. I don't think we've we've norm we're not anywhere close to normal. I don't think we're going to normalize anytime soon. Uh, I think as we get into 2023 and start producers start looking at 2023, we're going to see high fertilizer prices. We're going to see um, you know a lot of things that I think are going to change the dynamic. So. You know, the bottom line, as I see it, is we have uh, inflation that is kind of demand side driven in, in agriculture. Uh, we also have supply issues with Ukraine uh, not being a major powerhouse in agricultural supply. So I know, you know, the trade wants to get excited that, you know, one boat or two boats left a port a couple of weeks ago, but that's well shy of what we need. And I don't think we're going to see Ukraine back anytime soon. Uh, even if this war were to normalize and and relations were to normalize, there's a lot of there's a lot of long-term logistics and capital destruction that's happened in that country. And so you're talking about, you know, number four, top four, top five major producer that is really handicapped for I'd say at least three to five years. And I think that keeps a floor under markets. Kevin, let's talk another report from FBN here in the last week, uh, Farmland Values Report. Uh, talk to us about this and some of the results that you guys found uh, in this report, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, farmland values went up sharply this last year, and, and we were certainly expecting that. Um, you know, we talk in this report about how there's kind of two key indicators that we track that really kind of give us a signal on farmland values. Uh, one of them is kind of profitability on the farm, not surprising. We, we call it kind of a cumulative net farm income over successive years. And, you know, net farm income over the last couple of years has been pretty solid. And so that's translating into growth in farmland values. The other thing, and I think this is more important as we think about today, is what we call the real interest rate, real mortgage rate. And that's because it takes into account inflation. And, you know, everyone's talking about inflation and, oh my gosh, this is like the 1980s. And, you know, as someone who was, who was uh, you know, alive and well in the 1980s, I remember inflation. I remember skyrocketing interest rates. But what we show in this report is that until you get interest rates that are well above inflation, then you don't really start to choke down uh, farmland values. And so a lot of people will think about the 1980s and how farmland values really went soft and really, you know, there was really hard times in the 1980s. And we talk about in this report how this is not the 1980s. Some of it due to what I just mentioned uh, just here, here a second ago is that we have a really strong demand side story and we have constraints in agriculture that I think are going to lead us to be, you know, seeing higher values. Uh, but then secondly, you know, inflation is is high and interest rates are still relatively low. So we're not in that paradigm we were in the 80s when in the 80s we saw interest rates really skyrocket above inflation rates. And we're a long way from there. So I feel positive about farmland values going forward. Maybe not as strong uh, growth in the coming years we saw last year, but certainly positive growth um, and, and certainly no reason to be alarmed about you know, farmland values going lower. Well, I know if producers want to learn more, they can read both the uh, recent reports from Farmers Business Network online, fbn.com. With that, Kevin McNew, Chief Economist with Farmers Business Network. Always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Jesse. 
And that is going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a fantastic rest of your day.